last time you were on here, I feel like I probably went out on a spiel as well about how, like, that woman who says the recording in progress thing. Like, it makes me incredibly bitter at the fact that the listeners can't hear her because when this show and another show that I do, Hilly and Hideout, it's uh, with some friends of mine. It's their show, but I'm on there almost every week. Uh, that she is always talking. She goes, recording in progress. And every time you hear that, you just, I want to get irate because I hear her say that. It's like, look, you don't have to tell us. We click the button. We can all see in the corner that it says recording. Exactly. Like, well, it's a verbal notification for all your guests as if the visual wasn't enough. Right. <laughs> the big message that pops up on your screen saying, hey, by the way, you're now being recorded. And to be fair, I think that this is, you know, we do this and it's cool to have it, but this is so secondary. Like Zoom sells these packages that are like, you know, freaking like 30 bucks a month, 40 bucks a month or like 200 bucks a month for like big business, massive businesses that use stuff like this. It got really popular during the pandemic, obviously. It's also really convenient for people like us, but they probably, if you have 400 people that are watching one guy like talking or whatever, you're probably going to want those 400 people to be aware if it's like, hey guys, we're recording now. <laughs> like, so if you say anything crazy, you could get fired because we did record it and we know what's going on. So just act right. Act right, baby. Just like somebody said. Ladies and gentlemen, Organic Poison Podcast. I'm here today with a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, uh, we go back, John, don't we? We do. We, I've, I've known Jonathan. Honestly, I feel like actually just judging by the memory that I still have as an almost 30-year-old, we have actually known each other for a really long time because my brother remembered you even long before the feedback days, but because we used to go to church together. Uh, yep. But just like most of the people that I know, we used to go to church together or we met each other at a concert. <laughs> it's like, uh, but I think that we could meet in the middle with that one. Cause whenever I saw you performing at Jason Galt's house, that was a, uh, that was a classic. We might've talked about that on the first podcast, maybe not the second one, but you performing with your band feedback at Jason Galt's house was when I was rekindled with the Jonathan May. <laughs> oh man. That was something, right? Yeah. We, we were out there wearing wearing ties. Yes. Yes. And that was the one. It was the first. I'm pretty confident it was the first show at Jason's house that they had. And you guys were out there. I, I think Shaken played, too. Shaken did play, yes. And uh, Jake actually came up for a segment as a guest vocalist on one of our songs. I remember that. Yes. Jake Duncan. The the, uh, the world famous Jake Duncan, who was the legendary Jake Duncan, the legendary Jake Duncan. I mean, I'm talking about like there's going to there's already been one song named after Jake Duncan. There at least one that I know of. There's going to be another one one day, and it's going to be the legend of Jake Duncan. Let's talk about Jake Duncan for a second. Okay, let's talk about him. Jake Duncan was by far the single most talented dude. One hundred percent. I've ever met, ever. Like, he's probably ninety percent more talented than seventy-five percent of most musicians that play in major rock bands. Right. Absolutely. The dude, the dude naturally had a gift, and it's unbelievable. Like the gift that he had, you know, the ear that he had for music. I mean, 
he was beyond impressive when I met him when he was like 15. And I think at the time I was 16, I think I was like only one year older than Jake, if I'm not sure. mistaken. Sure. But that guy was unbelievable, Shane. I mean, I've never met, and I, I don't think I ever will met or ever will meet another person <laughs> that is that talented to where they can literally like listen to a song and five minutes later play it on the guitar, like pick for pick. I'm not a guitarist, so I don't know the terminology, like, you know, what you would say for, but I mean, like this dude was beyond talented. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he, he really could have, he really could have been like a famous musician. He really could have been. Yeah. You know, uh, something that is interesting to me, you know, cause I understand that like all kinds of people fight their demons, whatever they may be. And I, and I mean that like both from my, in my past, from personal experience, like in my past to current day to also just like growing up with people and knowing people that have gone through different struggles. And for me, I think to myself, so many of those people, like they're lost because they don't have anything to lean on almost, you know, it's almost just like, I say lost, but you know, I mean, it is what it is when you, especially when you're struggling and you succumb to whatever your demons may be all the time. And it's like, most of those people, it seems like they don't have too much to lean on or they at least can't see it. One thing I will say about that man is, and I don't know what he's up to these days, but I think to myself, I'm like, man, you had a lot to lean on. Like you, like you, the, yeah. and maybe that could be the reason why, but I'm just like, I wish that he could have seen like, okay, maybe you don't want to, you know, you're not happy in this life in which you are so like properly easily placed in the talent that this man was born with and grew into was something that I had never seen. I used to hate on Jake Duncan when I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I hated on because I grew up with the guys from fight to die. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was like one of those things. We're teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. But then like the secret was, especially after when I ended up joining shaken after Jake left the band, the secret was all cats out the bag now i was the biggest shaken fan jake duncan was like sure he was like at for us it was like there was keith and there was jake and fight to die and shaken blah blah blah. but like all of that completely disappeared after obviously after i joined the band but it was like i was the biggest shaken fan like i listened to all of their music like i loved all their shit and jake duncan to me was so talented even when we were kids like our teenagers and it was like this is someone who stands out more than like I don't know. Rock, he was a rock star before he was a rock star, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. And before I even knew who he is legend was or Maylene, this guy, I mean, like, it, not only, like, was he freaking, like, talented, like, undeniably, like, supernatural, like, prodigy at 15 years old. I mean, because I'm pretty sure that I was 16 years old when I first met Jake. And yeah. he was 15. This guy was playing like super hard riffs by Mark Tremonti from Alter Bridge songs, like casually, you know, like I remember he was at some random event that we had at our church. <laughs> Sounds about right. And he was playing like, uh, I forget the song. It was like, <laughs> I can't remember the name of the song. Yeah. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> But, you know, from that very moment, like I was like, dude, I got to go talk to this guy because he's super talented. 
and I knew that even when I was 16, you know, like, and he was 15. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, that that guy, man, I cannot say, like, I, I've never met, and I don't think I ever will meet someone as talented as he was. And, uh, you know, I hope that that one day Jake can live out his dream. and Because if he's halfway as talented as he was when he was 15, this dude – could take yeah. over the world dude absolutely and it's like the, the what i was going to say earlier too uh before i lost my train of thought typical but uh i do i dig, i do digress but it's like even if it was like okay maybe you don't want this whatever this is if you could find a way to like utilize whatever that that is that you like tap into whatever it was that caused you to have this talent and express it somewhere else if need be. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it's like, yeah, obviously a no brainer would be pick up the guitar and just take over the world, like take over hearts and spirits, you know? And it's like, if you do have pain that either is pain that you were, you know, subjected to, or if it's pain that you have like uh, built for yourself, you know what I'm saying? If it's a trap that you set for yourself, nonetheless, put that pain into the music, you know, or put that yeah. confusion into the music like that. And it sounds so cheesy. It sounds like something, uh, an old 60 year old man. It's in the music, man. Yeah, but, but if there was somebody with that was that kind of person, that's the person, man. Like, I think that all the time, like, you know, he wasn't like the most uh, out. He, uh, I say he wasn't the most outgoing. He was the most popular guy in most of his circles, but in yeah. the same breath, like he wasn't like uh like you didn't just see him going into a crowd being like, Hey guys, what's up guys? What? He wasn't loud, but for some reason he didn't he, need to be, he didn't. He was mysterious and he was, you know, something about that guy was polarizing and uh, he had followers, you know, like we always joke about my, <laughs> me and my friend group always joke about Jake heads, right? Parentheses, <laughs> yeah. And I always joke with John Paul and say that he was a Jake head, but seriously, Jake was a polarizing individual at that time. And he, he had followers. He really did, you know, like yeah. dude, several years. I mean, like Jake influenced a lot of my decisions and a lot of like my musical interest. Absolutely. If it wasn't for Jake. I wouldn't be a, he is legend fan. If it wasn't for Jake, I wouldn't be a Maylene fan and Maylene still to this day is one of my all-time, like, probably top five of all-time bands. And I'm so excited. Even though they're doing it without Jake, I'm so excited that they're coming back yeah. and giving us more music. Absolutely, dude. Maylene. Maylene is a fucking great band. You know, I just thought about something. I, <laughs> this is going to be totally, totally off-topic and very not really off-topic at all. You know, for the longest time, I've been thinking I wanted to try to get I wanted to get Keith Dalton, he who sh shall not be named, to be the 100th episode. But could you imagine if I did the 100th episode and I was able to get Jake and Keith there at the same time? Oh, that would be legendary. Dude. Le absolutely legendary. That would be crazy. Keith is very accessible. Jake, you know, I've actually talked to Jake uh, probably in the past two years or so. I've probably talked to Jake four or five times. Sure. Jake is living in Macomb and uh, I think he, I think he's working at Brahma's right now. He's working in the kitchen at Brahma's. Yeah. But um, you know, I think that Jake is a possibility for sure. You know, you, you might get uh but I think that Keith would be, I, I would want to say that Keith would be very accessible. Look, but maybe I, only people who hear this podcast, this episode right here will know Keith is a hundred percent accessible. 
Like I, I, t- I talk to Keith periodically. Like yeah. <laughs> so he's not, he's not that hard to get in. Con- and he actually would be, would love to come on the show. And I'm not saying that in a smart ass way. I'm just saying like I, b- between the fact of like, let's just put let's just put the cards on the table for one. It would give, give Keith a platform for starters. People aren't just nipping at the bit to, you know, jumping at the bit to get Keith on a platform. He knows that we've talked about that, but yeah. also it, it would be, <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, there's a whole different world going on outside of when we were when we were young and the whole like Keith Dalton, Jake Duncan or anything that they they stood for back then to say just say 15 years ago, 12 years ago versus what they you know, what that is now. But how interesting of an equation would it be? Think about the things you could talk to Keith Dalton or you would want to ask Keith. Keith Dalton and imagine pick five things you'd want to ask Keith Dalton, pick five things you'd want to ask Jake Duncan and have them both there when they're answering the questions. Now I want to say this, the conversations that I've had with Jake in recent memory in the past two years, his responses would be very interesting. Yeah. I'll just just leave it at that. I'm time stamping this moment right here. So. So just just for just for shits and giggles in case we end up having to cut anything. No, I, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not going to go in depth on anything, but I, I will say that Jake is, um, like I said, man, the most naturally talented musician that I've ever met in my life. And if I ever meet someone that is almost as talented as Jake, I would be super impressed. I'll just leave it at that because. The things that guy could do, not just on a guitar, but on a drum set, on a keyboard, yeah. on a bass guitar, was amazing. Dude, listen, this this is a hard turn real quick. I do want to get back into mailing. I do want to get back into mailing in just a minute because it is something that's pretty relevant. It's kind of hot news right now. But before we get into that, I want to tell you something and something that I uh, have been promoting on social media lately as well. You used to play in a a band with a guy named Colby Crosby, a little quiet guy back in the day, back in the day, very quiet. Like, like, I mean, I remember being young, he was a little, almost like an emo band. uh, Fovia tree. Yeah. Fovia tree. Shout out. That was like the, uh, like the Charizard version of uh, Charmander. <laughs> feedback I don't know char- what that means, feedback okay. be- did you ever play pokemon or did your fa- oh your family listen to afr you didn't play pokemon <laughs> well no not because of that dude there was a couple things when i was a kid i was anti pokemon i was anti harry potter not because of my christian beliefs or anything and not like because that. you look like harry potter no yeah yeah it doesn't have anything to do with me looking like harry potter especially when i wear glasses but right um I got that comparison a lot. I know we talked. We've talked about it before. That's why sixth and seventh grade, like people go, "Hey, you look like Harry Potter." But um, no, it just it never was my thing. So was Lord of the Rings. Like same thing. I just never got into it. Sure. Um, you know, I had certain things I was into. I always loved Marvel and DC. I like the Matrix, but the Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, uh, whatever else you mentioned, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. That's another thing. Yeah. I wasn't big into Dragon Ball Z. That that's something that I never really like 
liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, know. definitely. I mean, for, for us, it was mainly because I, I was joking, messing around. I, your mom and your father are the cool, some of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. But They're super conservative. I, yeah, but for sure. I, that's why I said that about the AFR radio thing. But it's like for my mom, it was that's what it was. AFR said that Pokemon was like pocket demons and stuff like that. And you also just think no, about I like, would never let that influence me. Like even, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was watching Jackass when I was, you know, <laughs> eighth grade and my parents like if they would have saw that like literally one time my dad caught me with uh i think he saw like a box set that i had and he broke it over his knee (laughs) (laughs) jackass but you know i mean i was into what i was going to be into you know even creed like when i first got into creed when i was in fifth grade my parents i think there was a little bit of pushback on that but Especially because they said, God damn. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I hate to just, I hate to just, let's put a pin in that because I do want to ask you about that. Like, I never had anybody to ever talk to you about that. Like, okay, so was Creed a Christian band or was they not? I think that the Creed was a band. First of all, Scott Stepp was a guy <laughs> that was a lot like Jake Duncan. <laughs> he was confused about, you know, I mean, he he had his beliefs, but he also... He he grew up in a Christian household, just like me. And, he, you know, his dad was a preacher. But, um, you know, man, fame is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they were on top of the world, dude. In 2000, 1999, 2000, they were on top of the world. And that dude, you know, d- dove, <laughs> dove straight into alcoholism like Tempterwood into your clip. I mean, he. Yeah. he he was no holds barred for multiple years and um he struggled with that for a while drugs too you know i think there was a little bit of drugs there here and there but you know it wasn't until recently like probably 2016 2017 where he eventually started getting his shit together you know sure but for a minute there there were some videos that were coming out of him talking to a camera selfie mode where he was talking about, you know, Obama was after his ass and he was like, the government's looking, looking for me. I remember that. Yeah. He, he, he went down a dark, crazy rabbit hole for a minute, but um, I think he's finally gotten his stuff together. Me and John Paul, random fact, me and John Paul went to go see him play live in 2019 he played a lot of. Creed. I want to say I remember like seeing a video or something on Instagram story or the something. The greatest thing ever, man! Like it was a full circle moment for me and just a dream come true. I loved did it, it. Did it feel as good as you wanted to? Like I think I, it was still daylight outside when y'all saw him, right? Oh yeah, it was in Denver, Colorado, and he started I, I, the song "Higher" off by saying, "Denver, can you take me higher?" <laughs> the whole crowd just went nuts, man. <laughs> Dude, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, it almost kind of sucks that it's like daylight out there. Like, I feel like it should be like in a, like a, to me, thinking of Creed and just thinking of Scott Stapp, like it needs to be like one of those oh, like moments. <laughs> What's up, Xander? Hey, What's by up, the man? way, I listened to you and Shane's episode a couple weeks back, or maybe a week ago. You guys were talking about like, uh, not warp tour. You mentioned warp tour. What were you talking about? What was the main topic? Like uh Coachella, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that's what it was. Guys, man, that was good. I came home. I was driving from Bend, Oregon, all the way back to Moppin, Oregon, which is like roughly a two-hour drive, maybe an hour and a half. 
but that was good stuff, man. It was entertaining. Thanks. I, <laughs> I, I try to tell, uh, you know, what's interesting about uh, uh, Xander, if you will, he, he doesn't have social media. Like he's never had social media. So really? I'm talking about like, since we were young kids, he's never, he, he, he seems to have no interest in it. And now that he's older, he definitely doesn't want interest in it because he sees how punishing it is to the rest of society. <laughs> <laughs> he's listens to, he's listened to us all be like, Oh dude, I was on Facebook and I wanted to kill everybody. <laughs> and then we're I'm, like, I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, that's great. Shane. I feel like you are someone who enjoys just stirring the pot on social media just because you know the audience right you yeah. know the market and you yeah. know what's going to get people like riled up especially in your friend group and you yeah. just I, I feel like you're the type of person that just posts up just for your own entertainment just to, <laughs> just to sit back and enjoy the comments i i feel like that's you a hundred percent he's a troll yeah, <laughs> he, he kind of has. He's always been one, but it's like at the same time, I get where he's coming from because it is funny sometimes to just sit back and see what people do. Like, yep. especially when you don't have a dog in the fight, like, especially when you really don't care that much. It's like, ah, right, great, <laughs> let's see what happens. Like, this this is the thing for me, it, it was obviously a lot different on Facebook. I mean, when I was really like, when I was like stupid active on Instagram, which I'm gonna have to be again soon. But like when I was stupid active on Instagram, I could pull it off on Instagram, but it only really popped off on Facebook. The thing is, is like on Facebook, I even had it to where I know that there were people that followed me. Like they got updates on my post that didn't like me. And it's like, that's the, that's when you know you've arrived when it comes to being a troll. But it's like right when that kind of stuff started happening was when I s- sort of stopped trying to just like, just get because before I got off of Facebook, I really wasn't. I was trying to toe the line, if that makes sense. The thing is, is I didn't want to get kicked off of Facebook, and I wanted to be able to like, uh, like still be able to say thought provoking things, if that makes sense, or things that would jerk the conversation. I'm not saying I'm not saying that like before that, before I started trying to use it, I want to say using it for good because in real, I'd say it's a chaotic good if they let you choose that. <laughs> But a chaotic good would be the thing eventually is what it became. But used to it was 100% like, yeah, man, fucking your new Jesus Christ is Donald Trump. I see what's going on. You know, it's like (laughs) it's just total like I don't like Donald Trump. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to piss off a bunch of people that like Donald Trump. And eventually. Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. And like that would be like that's a prime example of like that the era of when I might would say that I would be peak troll. But in the same breath, like eventually it became one of those things where it was like, I actually don't want to piss you off. I want to talk to you and try to have a logical conversation because I agree with more stuff with than I agree with a bunch of stuff that this is Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Obama, uh, Fallout Boy lovers, you know, Dua Lipa lovers, whatever it may be. Like whoever <laughs> it is, a weird I, I love Dua Lipa. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's not exclusively politics, obviously, but here we've been pretty pop culture has been politics for the past like three or four years. Uh, let's be honest, like, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, it, it yeah. is. I think, I, I think that we, I actually believe, just like that, with Disney, I, I'll say this: a corporation like Disney. Should not get into politics. Sure. Not at all. <laughs> Bob Chapek 
their new president, who's been their president for roughly a year and a half, give or take, he's handled a lot of situations terribly. He's already got a bad reputation, especially after the guy that followed him, who's a super liberal, but he did a good job of managing Disney. His name escapes me right now. (laughs) (laughs) But he had an air about him. I think it was Alan Horn, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, he was so good at handling, like, as far as, like, okay, situations like this. Bob Chapek recently, like, came into power. The Black Widow movie released on Disney+. Plus Because of the circumstances of COVID, you know, it wasn't ideal to release it in theaters. And she had an agreement. Scarlett Johansson had an agreement with the studio, like, hey, by the way, I'm going to make a certain percentage of what this makes in the theaters. For those that are uninitiated, movies make a substantially crazier, higher amount of money when they were released in theaters versus when they were released on video (laughs) demand. No shit. (laughs) It's astonishingly like, like, we're talking not just millions, but like hundreds of millions, yeah, like more. Okay. And so she was, she came back to the studio with a, in my mind, something that was pretty reasonable. Like, Hey, by the way, we had this agreement and it's null and void now at this point, because you guys are just releasing my movie black widow onto Disney plus without my consent or anything I'm like right that. Consulting me. And Shane's busting out. So in my mind, that's something that was very reasonable for her to ask. And Bob Chapek, the way that he handled that situation was not only poor, but it was like piss poor. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know about this, right, Xander? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, I think, I think they wanted to make an excuse that it was because of COVID and like, they didn't get the, the amount of profits that they wanted to see back. So they pretty much, played with her they were like oh whoa yeah, sorry like, we know you they're had trying to make her feel bad for yeah. asking for more money like oh i can't believe an actor that already makes so much money yeah ask for more money they tried to slander her name basically yeah. on social media and that was such a poor decision in my mind from oh, Bob yeah. oh yeah especially uh, it's bad when it's like this is supposed to be disney right this is supposed to be marvel disney's y'all supposed to be quote unquote woke Billions as hell dollars. it's like what's Billions. going on like why are you treating a woman who you've you know put in this position to be like oh well we don't necessarily know what we want to do with you i'm sorry um oh you're, you're mean you're you're this you're that it's like no bro just pair what she's oh you don't have to turn it into some kind of culture war thing <laughs> yep it was, uh, you know, it was handled very poorly. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, the beginning of Bob Chapek for Disney. <laughs> Bad foot, yeah. So then we fast forward. We fast forward to the whole political issue, right? The don't say gay. It's been labeled the don't say gay bill by, uh, we'll just go ahead and say the left has labeled yeah, that. Progressives. Right? Okay. So. <clears throat> that's what it's been labeled as. And initially, I think that Bob Chapek, as many bad decisions as he's made, initially, I think that he handled it the best way possible, not saying anything about it. But the only problem with that, that's when their their employees that were LGBTQ plus, I've been practicing that phrase for multiple weeks now, LGBTQ <laughs> plus, 
Okay, all the LGBTQ plus employees were protesting uh, that worked for Disney, and it kind of pressured him. And at that point, he's probably also getting pressure from corporate and everyone else within Disney. And so at that point, he made a decision like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to say something about this, and I'm going to push back. <clears throat> he pushed back, and that's when he kind of got into a war with <laughs> – with the uh, Ron DeSantos, right? The governor of Florida. Yes, yes, yes. So it's it's very interesting. And Disney was kind of governed as its own, like, how do you work? How do you no, phrase that? Jamie? It's not, it's not, it's not kind of governed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's no tax regulation. There's no there's tax no, regulations. They had their own, they even had their own people that work detective work there. Wow. They, they could have, they had the right to be able to, in their they own, govern paperwork. themselves. They could make their own nuclear power plant within – they didn't, but I'm just saying they had the access <laughs> to do that. Like they were allowed to do that, to make their own power plant, nu- even nuclear power plant within the the district of Disney World, if you will. Yeah. The Catholic Church. <laughs> I mean yeah, like that's it. It was basically wow. like the Vatican, yes. So, so- Ironically enough, both of them have been accused for all kinds of – Anyway, John, keep going. I want to ask you guys, what do you, so what do you think about the situation that's ongoing right now with Disney and the government of Florida? And do you think that there's any merit in the conservative phrase, go broke, or I'm sorry, go woke. Get woke, go 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 broke. Oh, yeah, yeah, go woke. I'm sorry, (laughs) go woke, go broke. Go broke, yeah. What I do you guys that, think about that? I think there's a lot of merit to it. Yeah. It just depends. It depends on what we're talking about because, I mean, over the past, like, five or six years or so, they have, uh, I don't know, it, it's like corporations have kind of gotten to this point where they're doing, like, fake activism for a lot of stuff. And fake. they have the tendency the to just, word. yeah. Fake. Yeah, just fake. Yeah. to, you know, whatever audience that they can. I mean, it's not like they actually care about these issues. They just doing what they can to sell the most amount of merchandise, basically. Yeah, well, well, because, I mean, like, look at the example we just talked about with Scarlett Johansson. It's like, that is, (laughs) that was bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're supposed to care about people, women and everybody, then you wouldn't have done that, but they did it. Yeah, but um, it has a lot of merit to it. I mean, there's been a few franchises that have, I would say, damn, they completely died off. You have the Terminator franchise. Star Wars is kind of up and down. It's been happening in the video games. Um, where pretty much these gold, you know, these gold-plated franchises have kind of had certain people come in and I don't know, put in certain narratives and without you know using using said narratives for like good writing or whatever, but they'll just come in and be like, okay, uh, diversity here, a little bit of this there, and uh, everybody shut up and enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, well, then they start talking bad about people, like calling people sexist, this, that, and a third. Well, it hasn't really worked in their favor within the past few years. It seems yeah. like a it seems like a giant uh to me it seems like a like a huge like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like blackmailing scheme almost. It's like they like the, the shit is popular, right? So all the kids that are suit like bleeding heart, you know, sad people or whatever for everybody, <laughs> you know, for anything and everybody. Yeah. Like those people are like, oh my God, like anytime somebody like and of course you know as typical as it sounds the media oh the media but in the same breath if the media wants you to pay attention to something 
you're going to pay attention to it. Even if you agree yep. with it or disagree with it, you're still yep. going to pay attention, right? So the things that we pay attention to, topic. those people pay attention to the fact that like for once, all of a sudden Disney comes under fire because they haven't said enough about whether or not teachers can talk to kids on in third fucking, was it third grade? Yeah, it was up like to third grade. That's the like, limit. Like, uh, what the fuck? Like, in all honesty, like if you can't manipulate a kid past the third grade, then you suck. You know what I'm saying? You're not a good manipulator. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it in college for years. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've been fucking convincing kids that fucking men can, you know, like pop out a child out of their invisible cooch for years <laughs> now. <cooch. laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm being a little aggressive, but I'm just saying, like, like. Think about how the don't say gay bill is what the thing was called. Okay. Like, and I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying it was called don't, don't say gay is what they Which were calling. Really, that wasn't what it was. Exactly. I mean, if you read nothing to do with gay, if you, the mean, bill, if you look at the name of the bill, if you look at the people who named the bill, if you look at it, all this other stuff, nothing has anything to do with you're not allowed to say you're gay. Like, which was leaked, by the way, but Roe v. Wade, the whole situation, that was nothing to do with abolishing abortion. And it was all to do with letting the states regulate however they want to regulate. You know, if Mississippi wants to determine that uh, a, a child cannot be aborted once they have a heartbeat, which is, I think is like 10 weeks in, then... That's that's their prerogative. You know, like if if Oregon, which is where I'm living right now, wants to determine that a baby that's nine months old and a baby that not nine months old, but the baby that like, you know, nine, nine months in the womb and is born. Yeah. They want to let the baby like because this happens in some state. I'm not sure if it's in Oregon, but a baby that's born literally and they just abandon the baby at that yeah. point. They were talking about the Virginian governor was a big one that was like, we're going to let the baby be. Uh, th- that was the big one that they were talking about a while, but a couple of, like a year or two ago, they were talking about how like this guy was, he was like, we'll have the baby will be delivered and then the mother will be made comfortable and the baby will be too. And then we'll make a decision. And it's like, wait, what do you mean you make a decision? You mean you're going to kill the kid after <laughs> they have the kid? Like what yes, the fuck that is that you talking what? about? <laughs> that happens I, listen, I swear man. to God, look it up. That's a real thing, Alex yes. or Xander. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> like it is a real thing. Like the, and to be fair, the guy could have just been saying some shit for the sake of, but in the same breath, how did we get there? How did we get to the point where you're like, look, we might deliver the baby and then we'll figure out what we're going to do. What do you mean, bro? Like, if you're not going to figure it out quick, then like, are, I mean, there's so much gray area there. Like as far yeah. as, as far well, as I mean, it's, that it's like what you had said a few weeks ago, all these things kind of have to deal with nuanced situations, but People aren't really nuanced these days. Like that's why, like, I mean, the 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 Florida bill is called the Parental Rights and Education Act. That's the name of it. But right. it's like people keep calling it the Don't Say Gay bill, which is like, uh, I guess I can see where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's it's one of those things where to me, it just mainly seems like is people parents want to be able to like they don't they don't want to have a teacher come in and say, hey, I sleep with this person every single night, and I want everybody in my class to know it. Are we all cool with that? It's like, or, or hey, kids, yeah. kids that are six years old, I identify as a woman. 
I think it's really important that you know that. And not only yeah. do I think it's important that you know that, but I think it's important that you accept that, that I identify as a woman. And yeah. the kid is like, what the hell's going on? I just want to learn my ABCs. Like, <laughs> cause I mean, you had to think it's like, even when, even when you have like straight, you know, heterosexual teachers or whatever, when we were going to school, like, the, if the child or the, whoever the hell the kids started like asking the teacher questions about who you having sex with, the teacher usually tell little brat to shut the hell up, exactly. <laughs> you know, and they'll go yeah. back to you doing never work or whatever. Privy to that information, yeah. Ever. Like that has nothing. That that's not the kid's business. You know, so both, it's like both of you guys went to public schools. Yeah. So like, what was y'all's experience like? Do y'all ever feel like y'all had those kind of conversations when you were in school with your teachers? No. No. Not really. I mean, it depends on who, it depended on who the teacher was. But for the most part, like my teacher didn't care about that. It's yeah. like, and if they did, they'll like maybe they'll have a little picture or something like that of, of their uh, uh, other person that they were with, the person that they're in the marriage with, or whatever. But for the most part, it's like usually if a kid was trolling the class or you know trying to be funny or whatever, they may say something. But for the most part, the teacher would know it. They don't care. Yeah. They're there to teach. You. We would speculate, yeah. like if if uh, Miss Harrelson came in, our Spanish teacher in ninth grade. Always the Spanish with, teacher. With, it's with always the Spanish teacher. With a uh, what do you call it? The little uh, red bump here on your lip. What do you call yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herpes or cold sore. Cold sore. Yeah, cold sore. Yeah. She came in with a class with a cold sore. We would all speculate, but we would. I'll be damned if we mentioned that to her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, out of the class, if we mentioned that to her, you know, like, oh, Miss Harrelson, what were you doing this weekend? You know, like, you suck a dick. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. You would have a kid, you, you would, you would definitely have a brat that would say that, especially when you get up to the high grades, like high school or something. But see, for the most part, the teacher just be like, all right, get out. And then that'll be it. Yeah. It's, it's like, unless the teacher has a, unless the teacher has like a vested interest in whatever student they're talking to, or they're really trying to make sure this, like maybe have a more personal relationship with the student. I mean, for the most part, it's not something that's needed to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't get it. So for them to be acting like, Oh no, you're telling us that you, that they can't expose themselves as people to the children. It's like the kid doesn't really care. I don't think the kid doesn't need to know really. Yeah. Why does that kid have to know any of that information? Well, see, for some of them, because I think I heard something about once again, I always go back to Joe Rogan. But I, I just saw this yesterday when um he made a, he said, y'all love to throw, well, essentially people love to throw around the word grooming. And he stated that, but he kind of threw it on, the, I guess, the far left, the teachers yeah. or whatever. And people yeah, kind of got upset he, he about is, it. He is under a lot of fire for that, actually. Uh, he's always under fire, bro. Yeah, I, but, I, I have no problem with whatever the fuck he said. Yeah, he's, he's just saying talking about the guy that took the horse dewormer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. And they, yeah, exactly. And fucking. He, he's just been anything and everything he says. But I mean, he's making a valid point. And the point is, is that this, you know, not every teacher is going to be somebody that has, you know, 100% positive uh, outreach to kids. Some of these people are just weird. You know, yeah. I mean, I've had several strange teachers. You know, we you always hear about. Um, male teachers sleeping with, with, with the students or, you know, female teachers sleep, sleeping with their students. I mean, you can definitely have some strange teachers in there who just want to, you know, validate their opinions about crap by just speaking it out to kids. And the thing is, a kid ain't really going to fight you back on nothing. They'll probably just sit there and be like, all right, whatever, and then go about their day. Yeah, so, and not, not to mention, every one of these teachers is spending more time with their students than they are their family. 
yeah. their friends. Like, there's no way, like, their job consists of them spending time with these kids. It's like, if you're a history teacher, the next thing you know, you start going off into some huge rant about, like, how how you and your husband or something like that can't go to some place or, you know, sex positions or some kind of crap. It, it's strange. It's like, just teach history. Yeah. If you want to embellish That's on strange. it, maybe That's unacceptable. you do it. In my mind. Yeah. That's unacceptable. A hundred percent. That is information that should not be shared in a classroom, period. Even if you're in college, that's inappropriate, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just, it's strange. Like, it, it really is. Yeah, okay, like me as a, straight, as a straight person, right? If I was a college professor and I was teaching, this is college we're talking about. We're not yeah. talking about fourth grade anymore. We're talking about college. If I was like, hey, by the way, last night, you know, I had my wife in the wheelbarrow position. Beating it down. <laughs> you know, like, that's inappropriate. Yeah. That's, I would be fired the next day. Straight up. Yeah. So, that, you know, this, this is language and behavior that should be 110% inappropriate. Yeah. Would you not agree, Shano? Uh, I think context matters because... In a classroom, absolutely, a hundred percent. But for the sake to we're on a fucking podcast, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, well, cause see, uh, cause I, I was wondering lately, like, what would bring a teacher to do something like that? But see, I think every now and then you have those teachers they're that, seeking approval from any yeah, they're seeking approval and the, and they're trying to for some of them, like not even talking about whether or not who they sleep with or whatever, but. You know, every now and then you have that teacher that's trying to come in and I'm going to change the way it's done. And I'm going to, you know, my, the way I teach is going to be completely different. And these are brand new views. And so it's like they're just overzealous. And it's like, I think there's a middle ground. You know, you don't yeah. have to be the boring teacher that just completely reads from the book, but you don't have to sit up here and try to reinvent the wheel either. I mean, there's a yeah. middle point. Hey, it's already accepted in this generation by far. Okay. It's already accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's no point in, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you sound so defeated, John. John, you sound so defeated. <laughs> talking, talking like wheelbarrow and whatever else. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> come on, bro. That's where we're at. That's literally, <laughs> dude. That's not gonna be okay. We're getting to a point. I'm telling you, dude. We're gonna we're gonna get to a point five years from now where it. It's going to be completely cool for a trans person to talk about like what sex positions they were in last night in a fifth grade classroom. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't think that you're wrong. Because it's, it's like special privileges, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know, there's a lot more tolerance there than it seems like there would be with anyone else this is the thing this is the thing this is the why one thing that i was going to say earlier about the abortion thing is to me in my head me personally in my spectrum of understanding things it seems like it would be a better option for us to just go ahead and lean into giving the opportunity to multiple states as opposed to the federal government when it comes to abortion because you know what let the states decide, and in all honesty, if there's something, it, just add that to your cue card of, wow, I need to get the fuck out of the state I'm in right now. You know what I'm saying? Because people all over the country will just go ahead, and this will be another reason for them to move out of their, the state that they're in. And eventually, they're going to have so many people in each state that are all down with the same causes. And what's In my ha- mind, 
it's not that crazy of a theory or a predicament to be in if, oh, I'm 10 weeks pregnant, you know, I only have like a week left until I can still get an abortion. Like that's, yeah, to me, that's not that outlandish. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think, I think the problem is, is like people who are just so, so gung ho about that shit, which, you know, teach their own. But I think that the people who are that way, that they think that it should just be something you can casually go and do. And the fact that now, don't get me wrong. Yeah, the, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to make nobody's choice, but I'm just saying. To me, it does. I don't have a problem with there being some kind of barrier. I don't know what that gray area barrier is, but I don't know about how I feel. About I mean, there's there's plenty of them. Like the thing is, is that at the end of the day, this is not going to affect the people who do it casually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for everyone who's like out there saying, "Oh, you know the right." They're not going to be the ones who, you know, the ones who pretty much can get access to it all the time. Those are the people who probably misuse it in the first damn place. Like you said, it shouldn't be something something that's like a casual thing. Like it shouldn't be a contraceptive, if you will. Like the contraceptive is what comes before it. But it's like now that's what you have. Now you have people who are just kind of going out of the way and being like, oh, yeah, well, I just had sex this week and oh, here comes the kid. Oh, damn. Well, let me knock it out the park real quick. And then, you know, months later, all right, let me do it again. Okay. Let me just, it's like, damn, <laughs> you know, but see, it's, for, for those groups of people, they're still going to be able to do that. You know, the, the, the rich are going to keep doing it. It's, it's not going to be something that's going to be taken away from them. It's going to be mostly taken away from people who probably, I guess, should use it in a way. It's like if somebody that's raped or somebody that's, you know, can't really afford to do this shit in the first place. It's not like it's taken away. I mean, you still have 10 weeks. You yeah. Know, if I got raped and I was a female, I would be going day one to the abortion clinic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. how do I get rid of whatever could put I wouldn't be waiting people. around 10 weeks, like, huh, should I keep this baby? Like, fuck no. I would be going straight to the <laughs> abortion clinic. <laughs> like, beeline, even though beeline doesn't make sense logistically because it's like, zoop, zoop, zoop. Like, no, I'll be making a fucking eye line. <laughs> like, linear. <laughs> linear path. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't imagine. And, you know, one thing I do want to mention is, you know, that you keep seeing these posts and stuff about, like, oh, well, if men could get pregnant, then they'd be like, yeah, if we could get pregnant, we would do everything we could to fucking never have a child. We would do way worse shit than women do. You yeah, know, every every them. man knows good and damn well that if they thought they were pregnant, they would fucking drink bleach. They would fucking snort as much coke. They would drink all the beers. They'd be like, "Fuck this! This is never coming to fruition." <laughs> Am I wrong? That's, that's I mean, something yeah. that I could have ever said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, whenever they, whenever that I see that, I'm like, no, you have no clue. Like, this is the same people you're talking about that go and leave their families to work for fucking months at a time. I'm about to go get some cigarettes. <laughs> I'm about to go get some milk. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cigarettes, we have an entire generation of dudes who've been like screwed up by that crap. They just never came home, you know. Yeah, just I think a lot of baby boomers and Gen Xs all had that dad. <laughs> they all have that story. You would. Let see me that. ask you guys this: Do you know any guys? That are on like uh, child support. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I've so, worked with a lot of guys that were on child support. Wouldn't you say that they're held pretty accountable? Like men are held pretty accountable if they get a woman pregnant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so I mean, I because me personally, I work in the construction industry. Okay, 
I've known a lot of cats that were paying like two, three, four G's a month on child support. Okay. And so it's not like the women are just stranded and there's, there's nothing else like, because I've heard lots of horror stories about child support and I'm not, I'm not saying every woman, you know, abuses the system or whatever (laughs) else, but, but, it is. I'll just say this. It's definitely a possibility. Okay. <laughs> and it's not like they're just totally abandoned at that point. And, you know, if the guy wants to up and leave, there's still consequences, still a hundred percent consequences. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. It ain't like it used to be, but I mean, I think that's kind of like the, the crux of most of these issues It's just, everything is kind of a, the word that people keep using is like um, overcorrection. You know, it's like because a lot of crazy stuff happened, like, you know, 60, 50, well, hell, I guess maybe 30 to 40 years ago, people kind of trying to like, I guess, overcorrect for what used to happen. So it's like because dudes are walking out left and right and having like 12 different families, you know, back in the cut. Nowadays, they're just really, really hard on other dudes. And it's just kind of like, damn, we're really taking for the sins of our fathers at this point. Too hard. I mean, a lot of men actually want to be fathers to their children because of that type of stuff. Like I know a lot of dudes who go out of their way to try to father their kids because man, my daddy left me or, you know, yeah. my grandpa said his dad left him. So it's, we're dealing, we're dealing with a different time. Like this generation is a little bit more serious about that crap. Or, you know, if the other way swings around, they'll pay the girl and be like, here, go get the abortion. I don't want to deal with it either. Yeah. Or, you know, go ahead and put it up for adoption. I don't want to deal with it as much uh, as you uh, don't want to deal with it. It's like I fucked with a hippie chick because she wants to kill her baby. <laughs> hey, I don't know what made me think of this. Maybe <clears throat> the phrase hippie chick. But let me just say. Jenny fucked over Forrest Gump, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is, I don't want you, Forrest. I'm not interested. But, you know, 15 years later, when I'm older and I have AIDS, okay, I might be a little interested now. <laughs> <laughs> Classic story. They should have had Forrest die of AIDS in that movie. That man, that would be terrible, bro. Yeah. Like, come on, we want the movie to end on a good note. We'll be like, I love you, that's Jenny. How, and then he some, dies after this. That's how some shit would end today, dude. I guarantee you. At the end of the movie, just have the, the words pop up on the screen. Five years later, Forrest Gump Boy, died of complications baby. from AIDS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's Damn. gonna be like Sebastian Stan or somebody. It was like Tom, it could have been Tom Hanks, could have been Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey was in Dallas Buyers Club, and goddamn, he was a sad soul. Let me ask you a question, Shane, because I know you like to dive into rabbit holes. Do you think that Tom Hanks is a pedophile, and do you think that Tom Hanks <laughs> was on the uh, Jocelyn Maxwell? Uh, what do you call it? Cruise or what, what's the what's the boat called again? Yeah, the cruise. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Pedal cruise. Not the cruise, but you know, the about. airplane was called the Epstein Express. Epstein Express. Yeah. You think that Tom Hanks is a pedophile? I I hundred percent think that if that list is real, Tom Hanks is on it. I am just saying. Damn, really? Well, see, I just think pretty much the the reason why we didn't even see that trial because I mean we'll see so many other trials, but that one they didn't want to show that one. But it's like. Pretty much, I, I guarantee a lot of people in Hollywood, a lot of politicians who are on that list, and folks don't want to hear about it. So, or at least the media didn't want to show it. So it was one of those things. 
Yeah. So you forget, like, the 60s and the 70s, bro, like, there were movies made about, uh, about like, young girls and crap. Taxi Driver, a beloved film. The child, it was about, like, a teen prostitute or something. Like, movies back in the 60s and 70s, they were wilding out, bro. Like, Lolita and all that crap. Man, dude. Yeah. Like, bad thing. That's what I'm saying. We think stuff is wild. Nah, hell no. Like, they were... The sexual revolution, once they hit, people said, we don't care no more. We out here. Yeah. You know what? Everybody's having sex. Everybody's wilding out. (laughs) We're taking chances. Yeah. We were watching the uh, Ninja Turtles, the one with the ooze. Oh, yeah. The second one. Yeah. And like... The The best Ninja Turtle movie, you mean? Yeah, we're freaking vanilla yeah, ice. Absolutely, absolute that's best definitely my favorite movie. one. But best like, uh, go ninja, go ninja, go, go. He said, it was the first." Fucking, his name's not Johnny, but he was Johnny in, in Surf Ninjas. Yeah, and I know you're talking about. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. he like was trying to talk to these chicks at the beginning of the movie, and he gets on his bike. He's like, "Okay, it's cool, whatever." He's like, "I just find something somewhere else." And he's like, uh, "He's like, probably find something a little thinner." And they're like, what? Like, he says this to these girls. And it's like, he basically was saying these girls were fat. And it's like, what? Like, how is he able to say that in a show that's probably made for, like, kids? I love that. I love sexism. What is that? That ain't even sexism to me. That's just being a, a, a good old-fashioned prick. They, I mean, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, taking, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's taking the L the bad way, though. That's what it is. It's like, all right, you know, these girls gonna turn you down. Why you just go yeah, home better. and take the L? He's like, no, I'll hold you fat. <laughs> you fat. <laughs> I ain't about to be hurt. You ain't there about ain't to hurt me. <laughs> like, I got friends. Well, I wouldn't say friends, but there's like a few people I heard about that were like that. Like this guy I knew in school, they said, "Oh, girls used to be mean to him and stuff," and they would like shut him down and stuff. He was like, "Well, fuck you too, then, bitch." I'm like, God, dang. Yeah. Whoa, dude. So I got burned pretty bad when I was about, it's probably like 21, 22, maybe 23. Yeah. And this hoe <laughs> <laughs> said, she, she said something along the lines of, well, at least I'm not wearing Abercrombie or like uh, Hollister or something like that. Like, I remember that. That just was ingrained in my brain for so long. Like that because you were wearing some clothes. <laughs> or maybe well, it was, is maybe it, it, was is it like a stereotype? Eagle. I think it was American Eagle, actually. <laughs> is it a stereotype of people that wear like Hollister or whatever? American Eagle? Is that what she was doing? Like, yeah, you're like one of those American Eagle guys. I don't know, but like that hurt me for a couple Damn. weeks. And but you know what though? And then I ended up coming back with a comeback, but it was it was really bad, but the friend group that I was with at the time, you know, we were all kind of, we might or might not have been sober, but uh, <laughs> the comeback was hilarious at the time. But, you know, had we been sober, <laughs> probably wouldn't have been that hilarious. But um, I don't know. That just made me think of that for some reason. I mean, what the was Secret the Secret of the Ooze is the absolute best. I love that film. I, I think I might like that one better than the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dang. I, I saw somebody made like a damn YouTube video about that. They said uh, like the first one was more dark and I guess a little bit more mature. And when they yeah. got to the second one, they were trying to be more like, they were trying to appeal to children more. Yeah. And like, I think the second one came out not that long after the first one. So they were trying to like Here build the franchise up and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I liked it. I don't think it was actually a bad movie at all. The third one was garbage, but the second one was, you know, <laughs> now, granted, if you go back and watch it now, 
it's cheesy. Yeah. But it's not like a um there's a ninja dance in it, man. Yeah, I, mean, ice. <laughs> I love every minute of the cheese. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I like this. I like the third one because I mean it did have like I don't know. I haven't watched that bitch again. Like, it's been years. The, but the, I did kind of like the time, the time travel aspect of it. Yeah, but the, the special effects were like a big downgrade because Jim's Jim Henson was not working on the film anymore. Oh, okay. And he's the one that kind of made the special effects look so special in the first yeah. two. Yeah. And you can tell that there was a big downgrade. Yeah, you from can. Like the turtle suits and everything. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, it's still a decent movie. And I used to watch that movie all the time when I was a kid. I mean, I, I you know, I used to have it on VHS, but. Um, Good old days. <laughs> VHS. <yeah. laughs> but yeah, I, I think that, uh, by the way, talking about bad comic book movies, I'll mention this real quick and we'll get off it. But I have never seen Catwoman until today. With Halle Berry. Really? Oh, why did you watch and, it? Um, why did you wait so, this long? <laughs> so I, I kept making all these lists on TikTok and YouTube, like the worst 10 comic, comic book movies ever made. And Catwoman was never included because I had never seen it. Yeah. And all these honor. people were commenting <laughs> on my TikTok videos like, dude, Catwoman's way worse than <laughs> most of these. So I finally had to watch it today because I have plans tomorrow to record an episode with some cats that uh, we're going to review Catwoman. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. However, it was not as bad as I expected it to be. I mean, I think that it was somewhat ambitious with the special effects. It's still like a 1 or 1.5. But, I mean, yeah. it's it's not as bad as people say it is, but – it's very, very much likely in the top ten worst combo movies. <laughs> combo movies. I can't even watch it. Like I think at the time when it came out, I did. It's one of those movies that when it comes out at first, you think, "All right, you know, man, it ain't that bad." And then you hear people talk about it, and then you analyze it, and it's like, "Oh shit, <laughs> ah, no." Like a lifetime comic book movie, like a lifetime superhero yeah. movie. Yeah, I would say the Disney uh, movies were better than that. Yeah. It was fairly bad. Yeah. Yep. I watched, uh, I saw it like when I was really young. So I saw it when it came out and I just thought Halle Berry was hot. That's all. That oh, matters. yeah. Dude. She Smoke. plays the part. She plays Smoke. the part well, but it's just everything else. I have, <laughs> I have arguments about that too. Like her playing the part. Okay. There's, there's different aspects to that. Yeah. One is her look. She looks phenomenal. The Hell suit, yeah, yeah. Some people even say like the suit looks bad. Nah, fuck that. The no, suit was, was good on her. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But her animalistic, like, <laughs> like when she's yeah. like, <laughs> like when she says that, or when she grabs the guy's tongue and she's like, what? Cat got your tongue? Like, uh, yeah, the dialogue is, yeah, it's, it's, oh. yeah, because it's like, I, I don't know what they're trying to go for. Because I, I think this is at the time when, like, they were still trying to make comic book movies, like, really over the top and eccentric. So, yeah. like, her versus Anne, uh, Anne Hathaway or Zoe, Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman, is completely different because they're more rooted in reality. They were trying to do the whole, oh, she's a cat, a cat god, and the cat died and it, and it transferred his soul to her or some kind of crazy crap. Yeah, they were trying to, like, carry over that Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. origin, you know, and it was mm-hmm. a little bit better done than Michelle Pfeiffer's origin, but... I even like the eyes, like you know, she she had the cat eyes when she was reborn yeah. or whatever. But it was mostly horrible. 
I ain't gonna lie. I would kind of like to see that concept played out, though. Maybe in a better movie. But yeah, let's say that she actually does have like cat powers or something. But I, I'm cool with the. I'm cool with like fucking Zoe Kravitz and and, and Hathaway. I'm cool yes. with the normal one. Like, okay, I'm chill, look, but... I remember Zoe Kravitz from X Men First Class, and when they cast her as Catwoman, I was kind of like because only because I'd only ever seen her in one other movie. Yeah, I remember thinking like, eh, okay, we'll see. But like when when I saw the movie. Bro, yeah, she blew my socks off. She's probably my favorite version of Catwoman over uh, Anne Hathaway. Damn, yeah, because see, I think it's because like Anne Hathaway, when she was on screen, she was just kind of there. They didn't really have a, a interlocking story to go with it. But see, with this one, they took from uh, the Long Halloween and Hush, and it's like in a Long Halloween. Um, you know, it's revealed that. Hold on, I guess. Damn, can I say anything? Yeah, I guess I can. I ain't gonna spoil yeah. nothing. But yeah, yeah. but you, you've seen it. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. It's like, yeah, they, they had that. She did a good a good job of like being, you know, sexual, seductive, and also being vulnerable. Yes. Which is what I really loved about her character. Like when she was going through the club and all that stuff, you can tell she was legitimately uncomfortable with being around everybody and stuff. So I thought it was cool. Yes. Like, Great. Like actress, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're talking about, that is the perfect description of her, like how she was uncomfortable because she didn't want to be there. Yeah. She was surrounded by like disgusting people, you know, yeah. but she portrayed that so well. And not only that, but she was super hot. You know, I yeah. wasn't, the only thing that I wasn't a big fan of was like the bullshit mask that she had, which was, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the only reason they did that is because they didn't want to cover most of her face <laughs> because she yeah. was hot. But like, yeah, she did a great job. She I did think a really they were good job. Like, we still want to be grounded with it, so we're just going to give her this weird fucking cat shaped thing. And I'm just like, like a burglar mask. Like, yeah, y'all could have like, just gave her like uh, the thing that Anne halfway had, and it would have been okay. <laughs> I wasn't even like big on Robert Pattinson. Like before the movie came out, I was like, ah, I know that he's been in other movies. Yeah, I know that he's a good actor. I know he was in Tenet. He did a good job in Tenet. But like, I still had my reservations about robert pattinson but dude he, he played sad and angry very well <laughs> yeah he did a great job with the exception of his version of bruce bruce wayne like I yeah wasn't- and, and their and their excuses kind of like because i actually heard this uh, lady talking about it and it was funny as hell she was like i wish he'd wipe his pussy <laughs> she's like i wish he stopped being such a little emo bitch and being so mad. Emo, like such an emo bruce wayne i did that's yeah, the, the only thing i didn't like the hair I love the Batmobile. Yeah. I loved his, you know, I didn't love the costume, but it was still like an eight out of yeah, 10. It's like we, if you can understand like the plot and the story and the fact that he's only two years in, the yeah. fact that he's, they're going very deep into this whole, you know, mental, Practical. emotional thing, in which he's still very damaged from. So I kind of get that. He doesn't really care about being Bruce. He hasn't, you know, formed that, uh, that You're charisma right. yet. Yep. So it'll be interesting seeing him actually pull that out in the next movie. Yes. I think that's what's going to be the formula for success. Like in the next movie, he needs to be that full douchebag Bruce Wayne. Like, okay, you know, oh, there's no swimming in the fountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just bought this hotel. So I think that we can change the policies. Like, yeah, that, that needs to happen because I think he can pull it off. But, you know. It, 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 like I said, it's not it's not anything to do with his acting ability. It's just like uh, probably the writing. But overall, 
The yeah. movie was phenomenal. It's my second favorite Batman movie of all time. So it was good. I said I will, I will give it that. I did yeah. enjoy it. I don't know if I enjoyed it over the original trilogy. I think I think they can be separate. You know what I'm saying? Like I think they it's difference. Like I think yeah. the, the Nolan series was more. I would even say it was a little bit more rooted in the reality than this version of it was because like Gotham is so oh 100. And yes. I think that's what a lot of people love about this one. It's the atmosphere. It's like how the opening, especially. Like it's, it's not like, like a they Burton, just Burton yeah. Gotham. Exactly. It's like you take the Burton Gotham and you mix it in with the Nolan Gotham. This is what you have. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm totally okay. Like honestly, I think that they should lean more into the fantastical. Yeah. Especially compared to because Nolan's Nolan's trilogy was its own thing. Yeah, it was ground, like you said, grounded reality, Very and it grounded, was yeah. it can happen in it, it can happen in real life, you know. Uh, the first one was great. The second one was phenomenal, like a ten out of ten. Yeah. The third one was, uh, you know, six point five. Seven, I'm gonna tell you eight. what, it's hard to follow up the Joker, bro. Like th- that's that's what's going to kill. That I feel like in this new because i know they got the joker in this one too and i kind of damn that was more of a disappointment about it i felt like they should have joaquin finish joker be the joker i think that that would have been like a cool little thing like a cool little uh connection if they were trying to make some new you know some new dcu universe i thought that would have been a better connection but they got this other guy to play it he does a good joke i agree joaquin yeah. was was fucking phenomenal and um the only reason that i don't think that it was connected or anything like that was because Keen Phoenix, when he was offered the role of Doctor Strange back in 2015, Whoa. he turned he turned it down because he didn't want to be contractually obligated to appear yeah. six times, seven times. Like, okay, no, nah, that's yeah. not for him. Like, he wants to be free to do whatever the hell he wants to do. So, yeah, it's just like I think because see, especially with this Batman, they also it seems like they're taking from all uh, the Batman Telltale video game too. When you find out that the parents are pretty much bad people or at least like morally more morally gray or maybe a little bit more morally black than the other ones were and it's like seeing him you know the whole connection that joker and batman actually may be related or maybe it was all in his head i thought that that would have been like a cool thing to throw in but outside of that i think they just need to leave the joker alone for a little bit you know like give it give me the court of owls like i think they would fit into this world perfectly yes Jason Galt, I don't know if you know who that is. Do yes, know I know who Jason Galt is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. He explained like the arc of Court of Owls, but I knew who the Court of Owls were back in 2011, 2012. Yeah. And, you know, they were in Gotham, the show Gotham. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They had a loose interpretation of the Court of Owls. But yes, give us something fresh. Yeah. Even, dude, even Mr. Freeze, like, or even like, uh, I don't know, a freaking uh killer croc would be cool, yeah. even though that would be that might would be a little too a little out bit there. too fantastical, yeah. Yeah. Because they did try it in Suicide Squad and that was oh no. <laughs> well, they've that movie had so many problems, but like, yeah, there was a lot of bad decisions made, in my opinion, with Killer Croc. Like, come on, dude. This dude is not like a jokester or like a hipster. Like, no, this dude is like a cold blooded cannibal. Yeah. That's He's what a he cannibal. Is. And, you know, like, make him the killer croc that was in Arkham Asylum, the yep. game. Yep. That that killer croc was terrifying. If you can do that, if you can pull that off in a movie, sure, maybe he's, he'd be better off, like, a secondary villain, you know? But, yep. like, still, that would be great. I, I would love to see a 
Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, part two. Main villain, Mr. Freeze, maybe, or like someone that's less common, like even less common. Yeah, than- yeah because I mean, like Mr. Freeze would be a great character um, because of that that middle ground of where he's at. You know, the fact that he's kind of like a he was a dude who's put in a situation that he didn't want to be in, but it just happened like that. And yeah, since this this movie is yeah, yeah, it's since this movie series seems to be putting up this like moral gray area, especially like with this one where he's kind of questioning like, damn, is what I'm doing good? Am I the wrong person to be doing the job? La la la. la. Like, I think Mister Freeze would be good for that uh moral space that they're putting this new franchise in, and that would inch us closer to that a little more fantastical, you yeah. know, just inch inch yeah. that you know like. It's not like it's super hard to believe, but I mean, it it, it's, it couldn't happen in reality. You wouldn't see Mr. Freeze in Christopher Nolan trilogy. Basically. No, you definitely would not. I would shoot. I would even like for them to put Robin in that mode. Like, let's see where that goes. Maybe after the third movie or something like that, give him a award. Get Shane to play Robin. <laughs> I would love to play Robin. <laughs> Nightwing. Nightwing's too cool. <laughs> That would be cool. That would be really cool, actually, to see the whole Bat family. Yeah. That would be dope. But I don't think we're going to see that with Pattinson. No. He ain't going to stick around for that long. Yeah. I think we're uh, going to have to go ahead and call it uh, a night, fellas. Uh, I am reaching my bitter end. Fucking bow down. You are the price of the killing. While we were waiting on the other side. Close your 